Come on, clap your hands and stand to your feet. Amen. Turning your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I'm going to start reading in verse 4. And it says, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the workings of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, as he will. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for our time together this morning. Father, will you help us, speak to us, Father God, that we might be transformed by what we hear on today. We thank you for this opportunity, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, To our sound folks in the back, just make sure my Microphone volume is not too high for recording purposes. Amen. Well, last week we uh, we was in our series and all month about a being a contagious church, and so we kicked off week one by defining what real church growth is, and we talked about that in great details. It's not just about making followers or numbers. Jesus says that He wants us to make disciples, and so we distinguish the difference between disciples and followers. Last week, we talked about the responsibility that we all share in the work of evangelism, that it's not just something that is relegated just to a few, uh, to pastors and leaders, but how many know that God has called all of us to participate in that great work, for that is a commission to the entirety of the body of Christ. And today, and and also last week, we talked about the the fact that, that God has uh, uh, cause us all to be joined together, which makes us one body. And within the context of that body, as the scripture just said here, there are diversities of gifts. Uh, so, so we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk today about finding your fit. Now, I think many of you participated uh, in our equip class, and we had uh, Sister Diva Hubbard when she had uh, covered uh, spiritual gifts and and. and trying to discover your spiritual gifts. So much of what I'm going to say will come along those same lines, but I'm going to come at it at a little bit of a different angle and give you something else to think about as you uh, try and discover your fit in the body. Now, I want you to understand something very significant here today, that every one of you are a valuable piece to God's work. Every person in here. God has equipped you with a gift or a multiplicity of gifts in the body of Christ. And what we 
must understand is that God didn't call you and equip you to put you on the bench. Amen? God didn't call you or equip you to put you on the bench. How many know God calls you and equip you because he wants you to serve? So he made all of us with a unique design. And, and, and so we want to kind of answer the question today or help us to discover our fit in the body of Christ. What is our gift? How do we fit in the grand scheme? Because we understand that we're supposed to be within the context of a church. We're supposed to be uh, serving uh, one another. We're supposed to be involved. But one of the common questions I hear all the time is, well, you know, what do I do? What, what is my role? How do I discover my role? And so we'll, we'll talk about that today. And so hopefully the Holy Spirit will help us. And I believe he will. So this message would kind of focus on just so we can understand the importance of serving in the local church, the importance of using your gifts in the local church. Now, why do I say that? Because I believe that the local church is a training ground, a training and equipping center for learning how to serve out in our community. Uh, better yet, you know, when we see a football, I mean, many of us watch football and uh, you know that when we see football on Sunday. Oftentimes we're looking at the finished product. In other words, uh, there was a lot of work that went into what was put out on the field on Sunday that happened that you didn't see. There was practice time. They were practicing all during the week. They were sweating. They were hitting each other. They were, they were healing from past injuries, all kinds of things. And so they learned how to execute in, 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 uh, in practice. So for the purposes of this message, church is really like it's kind of like practice. It's kind of like the place that we learn how to become a Christian. We learn how to serve. We learn how to love. We, we learn how to forgive. And, and, and so Jesus said that, that men would know that we're his disciples because of how we love each other. So when we talk about using our gifts serving, it starts right here in the house of God. It's, it's, it's where it all begins. It's where it all starts. And as we said last week, there are too many of God's people, I believe this with all of my heart, that come to church, they try to avoid ways to get involved and to use their gifts. They try to figure out ways because it, it does take some uh, level of sacrifice, right? It does take some time, but how many know that uh, we want to please God, amen? And so if we want to please God, we want to be a people that are involved. Now let me say this, that a church is only as strong as the involvement of its members. Let me say that again. A church is only as strong as the involvement of its members. And the more each person takes ownership in the ministry of the church, the stronger it becomes. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment because we all want a strong church. But in order to have a strong church and a strong ministry, it takes everybody doing their part. So a church is only as strong as the involvement of its members. And the more each person, everybody say each. Each person takes ownership. Ownership, I mean, when you own something, you treat it differently. Am I right about it? You ever notice that when people rent stuff and when they don't really own it, you ever notice that there's a difference between somebody that rents something versus somebody that really owns it? Y'all ever notice that there's a difference? And, and parents, we notice it with our kids. Our kids, we have to we we spend a we spend a great deal of time trying to teach our kids because because they're they're, they're kind of given everything, 
And so we got to kind of get them out of that mentality because in, in their mind, they, they didn't have to really, you know, they didn't really have to work for it or, you know, they, they treat it with a, with a cavalier attitude uh, because it was, it was just kind of given to them. But, but how many know that when, you, when there's a sense of ownership, there's a, there's, a, there's a calling of responsibility. You feel like this is mine, all right? And if it's mine, then I got to figure out a way to make mine successful, got to figure out a way to push this thing forward. The evangelism, at least from, from the church's perspective and certainly Foundation Church's perspective, it is all of our responsibility. It's not the responsibility of one. It's all of our responsibility. Our goal here at Foundation is not to have 99% of our members involved in ministry, but to have 100%. We want everybody involved because we think you're that significant. Uh, how many of you have ever done uh, puzzles, put together puzzles? Anybody like doing that? Uh, I, I don't like it too much. Uh, my wife, she sits down and do crazy stuff like that. They used to buy these puzzles, a thousand. You know, I used to like the, the puzzle that had like 10 pieces. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The 10-piece the ten puzzles because they were so big, you just kind of look at them and tell. But, but my wife, she would go out and get those 500-piece puzzles, and, and they would be working on this thing for days. They would lay it all on the table, you know, 1,000 pieces. You know, but it's amazing. That, that, that you can have a, a, a big puzzle put together, but if you, if you take, if one piece is not in that puzzle, you know that thing sticks out like a sore thumb. And I used to mess with them like that because my wife, every day, they, would, they would put together this puzzle, and I would come in there, and I would just, when they won't look, I'd just take one piece. And then somebody, then they'd walk in there and say, hey, where's my, where's my piece? Because that one piece completed that puzzle. And, and that one piece was that significant that it affected everybody. I want you to understand that you, we are in the body the same way. When your piece is not doing its part, how me know it hurts everybody? And so we need everybody on board. Each one of us is like a giant piece in that puzzle. And as you well know, no piece falls smoothly into one place on the first attempt. If you do puzzles, sometimes it takes, if, if I'm doing it, it's going to take a long time for, you know, many different trials and trying to figure out where, what goes where. But when you're patient, eventually you'll discover the fit. You'll discover the fit as a Christian, as a person that is serving in the body. You'll discover your gift in God's body. And so... I want to talk a moment about the road to finding your gift as we develop this message. What is the road to finding your fit in the body of Christ? What is the road? I'm going to say something, a couple of things I think is very fundamental and very foundational in understanding how to find your fit in the body of Christ. And so these principles are things that many of us know, but I want you to understand that if these things are not kind of a, the foundation to your core, it's really at the core of your being, you're really going to have a difficult time trying to figure out what it is that God wants you to do. And so all of us want to fit in the body. If you're a Christian, you want to do your part because you will be, made, you will be accountable to God one day for what, for what you did with the gifts that he gave you. So the first thing I want you to understand is on the road to finding your fit is that Christ must become our main pursuit. I'm going to say that again. Christ must become our main pursuit. Paul said this in, first, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 11. He says, but what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. 
Think about it. Yet indeed, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of everything. And I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I might know him, the power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Here's something that Paul understood, and we all have to understand, that if we're going to discover how we fit in the body of Christ, we must make a decision of, of going all the way with Jesus. I believe that a lot of times that many people are finding difficulty trying to discover their gift is because they're playing both sides of the fence. I know Jesus says, if you're, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. So if, if when people come to me, they say, I can't figure out what, what is my gift. One of the things I got to ask is, you know, are, are you seeking him? Have he become, has Paul, has, has Jesus become your number one pursuit in life? Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't pursue careers. We shouldn't pursue ways of taking care of our family. I don't mean that. It just means that the greatest pursuit of our life is Christ. And everything comes underneath that umbrella. The more we, the more dedicated we are to Christ, hear me, the closer we walk with God, the more we're going to be able to discover how we fit in the body of Christ. Because if we're somewhat distracted, it just simply delays the process because we're kind of in and out. Paul said, I count those things as rubbish. Y'all, everybody here knows Paul. Apostle Paul was an educated man. He had a lot of degrees. And Paul said, when I got a revelation of who Jesus was, he said, nothing else mattered more to me than him. That's what he was saying. He was saying that everything in my life right now is, is all about him. This is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. He says, not having my own righteousness. What did Paul mean by that? Paul was simply saying, I'm not trying to live my life for myself anymore. I'm not trying to pull this out uh, off on my own. I'm not trying to make it to heaven by, by my own good works. I'm trusting and I'm having faith in Jesus alone. I'm no longer my own boss. How many know that our own righteousness is like filthy rags to God? Amen? So if we're going to discover our fit, we must sell out to Jesus. In fact, Paul says in verse number in chapter 3, verse 12, and watch this. This is important. He says, not that I have already attained or I am already perfected. Aren't you glad that that's in the Bible? Because <laughs> none of us are perfect, right? We, we, every day we should be being more transformed toward Jesus. Paul says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. He said, but I press on. Everybody say press on. Press on that I may lay hold of that. You know, hear this carefully. Y'all listen, say amen. Come on, say amen. He says, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. All right. He says, I'm pressing on that I may lay hold of that. Get this now. He said, I want to lay hold of that. What is that? The thing that God has called me to do, that the, the purpose that he's designed for me. He said, I live my life so that I may, may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So understand this. So, so the Apostle Paul and you and I must realize that, that God had called him, watch this, and gifted him with a particular purpose in mind. Isn't that wonderful? You are a design of God. 
You are God's created design. You are God's handiwork, the scripture says. And as we said earlier, he didn't call you to bench you. He called you. He equipped you. He put gifts down on the inside of you so that you can get into the game. So what is the importance then of this servant mentality? Now, before I get into this, because now I'm coming back here to spiritual gifts. So I want to lay this foundation because I really want you to get this. Because there are a lot of people who say, God, give me a gift. And there's a lot of people who don't really understand what the purpose of the gift is. Mm. How many know that God doesn't gift you so that you can self-indulge it? To have self-indulgence and just kind of bragging on yourself and, and, and you know, just kind of, it, it's not about you. If God calls you, how many know, see, God called me out front, but how many know it's not about me? It's about him. Any kind of gift that God has given me is not for my benefit. It is for the benefit of the body of Christ. So watch this. Every gift that God gives, he gives it, watch this, for the purpose of serving somebody else. In other words, you're to take that gift and, what, and, and watch this, and, and, and you are to use it to build up the body of Christ. That's, that's what it's all about. It's about serving. Some of the things that one of, you, you've heard this a lot of times when, when you know pastors, you hear pastors say this, and a brother or sister say, "Lord, I'm called in the ministry." And one of the first thing they do is they, they say, "If you're a good pastor, you say, okay, then uh, go do something like like scrub the toilets, uh, go do a hospital visit, go go rake Miss Susie's yard, go go do that." I ain't called to rake Miss Susie's yard. I'm called to preach. Well, if you're called to preach, you got to understand the. Preaching is about serving, and if you can't serve in that capacity, you're not ready to preach. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Spiritual gifts are for serving, right? So it's not for sitting, it's for serving, it's for sacrifice. Now watch this. So, so Paul said it, and I, I love this verse too. I love Philippians, by the way. Philippians and Ephesians, I love these books. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 9. Paul says, let this mind... Because I'm going somewhere, so y'all got to stay with me. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. All right? Let this mind be in you, which was in Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was in Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was in Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus. This is good stuff. Paul says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Now, now, now Paul is going to give a description of the, the mindset of Christ. He says, who being in the form of God. Oh, y'all got to get this. Being in the form of God. Jesus knew he was God in flesh. Who being in the form of God. Jesus knew he had really, he had access to all power. The Bible says in Colossians that all things are held together by the word of his power. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word what? Was God. Even though being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Watch this. Well, here's what he did. But he made of himself of no reputation. Here's Jesus now. If anybody could do it, Jesus could do it. Taking the form of a bond servant, coming in the likeness of men. In other words, he humbled himself, came down, clothed himself in flesh. The God, Jesus, the God-man, came down, clothed himself in human flesh, didn't have to do it. Watch this. 
Being, that's what it means when it says in verse 8, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and came and beat him to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Watch this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So what this is all about is, watch, this is about service. Now, watch this. How many know that the Bible said that Jesus went around doing good? Amen. Jesus went around. Did he heal the sick? Come on. He fed 5,000 people. I mean, he raised folks from the dead. I mean, he, he did all kinds of miracles. Jesus was walking around doing miracles. But watch this. Every miracle, every ministry miracle activity Jesus did, he did it from the foundational way of thinking. Watch this. From the foundational principle of service. It wasn't. In fact, they tried to force Jesus and wanted to make him king. Jesus wasn't about reputation. Oh, come on, son. Y'all still listen to me say amen. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to make a name for it. It wasn't about reputation. How many know that when the Bible talks about how let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, this wasn't something that Jesus just did or, or written just for us to look at and say, wow, this is the, the nature of God. He's a servant. He thinks about how can I make your life better? So every time that Jesus walked around doing whatever, whatever gifts he had, everybody say gifts, and Jesus, the Bible said that the spirit was given to Jesus without measure. In other words, the, the fullness of the, of the Godhead dwell in bodily form in Jesus Christ. The fullness. And, and watch this. And, and, and though when Jesus ministered, there was nobody that would ever say, oh, man, this guy was just all about himself. No, Jesus walked. He just looked around. And said, I, I just want to serve. God has gifted me. I'm in, I got these gifts and, and you know, I'm going to use them. This is why the Bible says now, watch this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Because we have to say this sometimes because when folks get empowered, when folks get gifts sometimes, they get the big head. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, they, they get the big head. When they, when they start to prosper, they start to do things and people start patting you on the back. Wow, look at that. Look what you did. It ain't got nothing to do with what you did. It's what he did through you. It's what he's doing through us. And some of the challenges, particularly in ministry sometimes, when God starts to elevate you, when God starts to use you, the thing you got to remember is God has given me gifts. He's equipped me because he wants me to be a blessing to somebody else. If the blessing stopped with you, I question if it's even of God. Some of you, some of you. I said, if the blessing just stopped with you, I question. Because how many know God wants you to be a conduit? Are y'all hearing me? He wants to make you a conduit of blessing. Abraham, I'm going to make you a Look, you're going to be blessed, but I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm not just going to bless you, Abraham, but I'm going to make you a blessing. This is how Christians think. Christians that are walking with God, we're always thinking of ways of, of my brother. How can, I, how can I better somebody else? How can I use the equipment that God has given me to make somebody else's life better? This is the way every Christian ought to think. When God gives you, when God empowers you with a gift, your whole attitude is, wow, man, look what God did. Man, I, I get an opportunity. I get an opportunity. I mean, God. And, and so sometimes this is why I believe sometimes God don't give certain gifts to people. Because people want to hoard the gifts for themselves because they want, to, they want to put the spotlight on themselves instead of thinking about a servant's mentality. So God said, hold on, wait a minute. I need to teach you how to serve first. What Can you explain to me, Pastor, what does cleaning toilets have to do with preaching? <laughs> right? 
What does setting up chairs have to do with my ability to minister in other ways? What did I got to do with it? Because, it, 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 the, the, because it's about serving. So God got to beat that down on the inside of us first. So that when he gives us a gift, now we know how to work that thing. Now we know what it's all about. We know now what it's for. So let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. So we're called not only to act like Christ, but to think like him. <laughs> to think like him. And here's the beautiful thing. The Bible says that because Paul goes out of his way to explain, here's, here's all Paul's trying to do. Paul's saying, look, if the God of the creation, the God of, of our heaven and earth, the one who controls all, if he can come down, clothe himself in human flesh to serve you, you ought to be able to think like him and serve one another. He said, if Jesus can do that, then what's your excuse? And that's what Paul is saying. So Paul says, watch this. He says, now, God has now highly exalted Jesus. How many know that God exalts servants? <laughs> oh, let me say that again. God exalts servants. God exalts servants. Wherefore, because Jesus had a servant's mentality, God now can trust them. So God says, I, God highly exalted him and given him a name. So what Paul was really saying is, let this mind be in you because the same methodology of blessing upon Christ in this sense will, will come to you. You will be elevated. You will, listen, you will experience a blessing of God because you have a servant's mentality. God gives grace to the humble. He resists the what? Proud. He gives grace to the what? The humble. So, boy, so let me, so if you want no folk, man, that got a problem with serving, man, you ain't ready for, you don't need, we, we need to tell the Holy Spirit that, hold on, don't even, don't, and I believe God ain't showing some folks their gift, they're struggling because, because they don't understand why they get it in the first place. Now, we're going to keep going, keep going. Look at the neighbor and say, keep going, Pastor. Keep going. All right, so watch this. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm not going to go into this because Diver covered them a lot. If you didn't get a chance to get her, her class, um, she really went into great detail about spiritual gifts. So I'm not going to go over all of them, but I'm, I'm going to recite verses. I want you to go back and study them because I, here's what I know. I know that the folks sitting in this church, that they have an intention. Their intention is to serve. Their intention is to be used by God. I believe that. Do y'all believe that about yourselves? Come on, give yourself the hand clap of praise. Do you believe that? Come on. Yo, yo, you, 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 you ain't no, you ain't get saved. You, you, you understand in this church that God didn't save me. I ain't no sideline Christian. Coach put me in the game. I don't want to be on the bench. How many know that this one coach right here, if you say, Pastor, put me in the game, I'm ready to get in the game. But I just want you to get in the game with the right mindset. Amen? Come on. So he talks about some of the spiritual gifts. So I'm just going to name or highlight a couple, but I'm not going to get into all of them because we just don't have time. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you can write these verses down. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. You read some of that this morning. He talked about the word of, uh, the, the, uh, he says, uh, uh, for one is given the word of wisdom, all right? The word of wisdom is the ability to be able to give, give wise counsel in any situation, a gift of the body of Christ. Uh, to another, the, the, the word of knowledge, this is where God, where God would use a person to reveal knowledge to a person that they, that they had no foreknowledge about. God just drops it into their spirit. Uh, to another, faith. He, he talks about see, faith. This is a person that has that mountain-moving faith, a person who has the gift of faith, like Stephen in the Bible. The Bible says he had the gift of faith. 
He ever, this is the kind of brother or sister that, that they're so strong in faith that when they walk in a room, boy, everybody, they, they cause everybody else to believe. Everybody who's in doubt and unbelief, they have the capacity to be able to walk in and believe God for great stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Mountain-moving faith. Healing is another gift in the body of Christ. This is the ability to heal sickness and the diseases. Well, pastor, I don't know. Maybe do I have the gift of healing? Well, I don't know. Pray over somebody and see. Find somebody who's sick and pray over them. I'm going to get to something in a moment that's going to help bring this all together. But, 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 but in the body of Christ, there, there are people that have the ability to give to heal. The, the miracles the Bible talks about here. Uh, they, this is something that, that, can, that is a supernatural uh, a move of God that God used, like the apostles, for example. They did, they did supernatural things, things that were just absolutely amazing. Then Romans uh, um, 8, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, just naming a couple of these gifts. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us... Use it in our ministering, he who teaches and teaching, he who exhorts, he who gives. Exhortation is the ability to stir as one faith. Some, there's some folks who are gifted with that. They just have the ability to stir people up to walk with God. Man, if you're ever feeling down, you're ever feeling discouraged, man, this person has the gift to just lift you up in a heartbeat. Um, uh, the person that gives, this is the person that, uh, that, that with the gift of giving. They just feel motivated and equipped to remove all financial burdens so that God's work can go forward. There are some people who are just gifted with that. All of us are called to give, are called to give, but not all of us are, 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 are gifted with the gift to give. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That makes sense. There, there, there's a difference. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, we talked about last week. We talked about the fivefold ministry in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. talks about apostles and prophets, evangelists. Pastors and teachers, apostles. Not when we talk about the apostles. We're not talking about apostles in the sense of the twelve disciples who were apostles with Jesus Christ. We're not talking about those. But the, I believe I believe in the office of apostles. I believe that the office of the apostle and the spirit of apostle is still available today. I believe it's the gift to plant and birth churches, to set policies and agendas in the church. A prophet, for an example, they received direct revelation from God and passed it down to the church. The evangelists, they are divinely equipped to win the loss to Christ. Pastors are overseers who guide and feed the flock. Teachers, they have the unique ability to teach and explain the Bible in ways others can receive and grow. So in other words, these are, these are some of the gifts. And as I said before, I don't believe these gifts necessarily that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans, uh, what did I just say? Romans chapter 12. And Ephesians are necessarily, uh, you know, they're all exhaustive, meaning that there's nothing, you know, because everybody try to find their little thing. But, but you need to understand here is that Paul was really talking in general terms about the diversities of gifts within the body of Christ. There are all kinds of gifts in the body of Christ. Now, um, so, and it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says this, I'm trying to move quick because I, I, I got so much to cover. Um, in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, uh, in verse number 11, it says, if anyone speaks, let them speak as the oracles of God. So you can write these verses down because I want you to go and study them because perhaps you'll find yourself in, these, in the outline of these gifts. He says, if anyone ministers, let them do it uh, as with the ability which God supplies, that is, in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory and dominion power forevermore. Amen. So what Peter here is simply saying is whatever gift that you have, however you can help the body, whatever you bring to the table, do it as unto the Lord. Look at the neighbor and say, do it unto God. Do it unto 
Whatever your gift, that's what Peter's saying. Whatever your gift, he said, look, whatever, if you're speaking, if you're ministering, and ministry is a broad term that really covers all of the gift, ministering, whatever gifts you have, he says, do it with the grace and the ability that God supplies. In other words, do your best at whatever you do for God. And I, and I say do your best. And, and don't let people, uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? Don't let people... Um, Hijack your blessing. Y'all understand what I mean? In other words, what somebody else don't do, don't, don't let them steal your thunder. Y'all understand what I mean by that? So if they don't do their part, don't you get so mad in the flesh because somebody, look, you do what you do always as unto the Lord. And sometimes you got to talk to yourself because how many know people will drive you nuts? People don't do what they're always supposed to do, alert. How many know people let you down? How many know people will say one thing, they do another? Are y'all listening to me? So you got to, if you want to stay blessed, do your work as unto the Lord and do it, boy, like you know God is watching your every move because he is. So whatever I do, whatever service I provide to God, whatever gifts, I'm going to use it, I'm going to utilize it, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it my best because I serve Jesus Christ first. Then I serve the body. Bible says, so, so here's the thing. So I just went over some of that. I know I did it real quick, but I just didn't want to dwell on those. But you can go back and you can study those. So 1 Peter 4.10 says this, as each one has received a gift. This is Bible. At least a gift. Here it is. Minister it to what? One another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now this verse is power packed. First, he says, everybody got a gift. There's no such thing of a Christian who don't have something to offer because the spirit of God was given to you. And the spirit of God, through God's grace, has given you a gift, an ability to help advance God's agenda in the earth. This gift is not to be set on. As he says here, it is to be ministered to one another. In other words, within the context of the local church, within the body of Christ, we're to take the gifts, we're to minister to one another. Watch this. And he says, this is, this is something that is very powerful. It's kind of embedded within this verse. He says, as good stewards, what is a steward? A steward is a manager of something that somebody else owns, right? Steward means it don't belong to me. I'm a manager. How many know that what you have, all that you have, you're stewards over? Everybody say steward. You know what you got don't belong to you? I know y'all think that sometimes. I know you think it, you know, but it really doesn't. So here's what, here's what Peter is saying, that we are accountable to God, watch this church, for what we do with what he gives us. Our gifts, our talents, our resources, we're, we're accountable. We are stewards of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one. There it is again. For the profit of all. So watch this. You got something that will help me. And when you ain't giving it to me, then you're depriving me of what I should have and vice versa. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Could you imagine like some of the gifts and some of the things you see in operation in this church is certain people, you know, you know, because we're a small church. But if certain people weren't here, you, you know how it makes a big difference. You know, just for example, the piano player wasn't here this morning. It wasn't a big difference. Wasn't it a big difference? Come on. 
Anybody, anybody? It was a big difference. We, we made it through, but you knew there was no piano player here, right? Uh, you know, there's a gift there. You know, if, if Diver don't show up in the media department, you know, or, or Walter, whoever, you know, that thing can go crazy. If somebody don't show up in the children's ministry, how many know? If, one, if, if it's supposed to be two and only one show up, everybody hurt. Come on, somebody. It don't just affect one. It affects everybody because everybody has an important role. So you got to make sure that you prioritize what's really important to God. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I, I'm, I, I'm trying, but I'm not sure I'm getting through this morning. So, so it begs the question. So here's the question that, that everybody asks. I want to spend the next few moments on this one right here. So how do I discover my gift? Right, I'm just going to give you a few pointers. I'm going to give you a few things I think that can help with that. Now, the first one is going to be a shocker to you because you don't think this really fits, but, but, but hear me first. So, so if you're going to discover your gift or how God has wired you to do, the first thing you have to do is break through your self-imposing limitations. Let me say that again. Break through your self-imposing limitations. Now, let me, let me show you what I mean. See, sometimes these limitations are as a result of a painful upbringing. Like, I can, I can tell you some stories about myself, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I got to. But, but some of us grew up and we were told things like we're ugly. Come on. Some of us grew up and we, you were told that you were going to never be, never going to be, oh, you're going to be like your mother. You're going to be like your father. And they were bad. They were negative. Or somebody told you you were dumb. Somebody told you uh, whatever, you know. You're, you're less than. Or maybe some kid, maybe some traumatic experience happened to you. And, and as a result of that, that has shaped how you've been able to respond in the body of Christ. It, it, in other words, it, it, it has some influence. See, if we are going to be what God has called us to be, we must discover these false ceilings that we have erected or allow others to erect. And so what happens is some of these things, because we felt this way, listen, God may be calling us to do certain things, but because of my experiences, they have limited you. And you put it back on God. Now, think about this for a moment. You're wanting to discover your gifts. First of all, let me, let me help you with this. Are y'all still listening? Say amen. All right, so if you want to discover your gift in the body of Christ, here's the first thing you got to do. You have to have an attitude. First of all, you're serving, you're involved, but watch this. You have to have an attitude is, watch, here's the attitude. God, whatever you want to do with me, use me. Do y'all just hear that? Everybody say whatever. Come on, come on, say whatever. See, whatever God want to do with me, see, here's my prayer. Let me tell you how, how I discovered my gift. Because I'm going to tell you what I was called when I was coming up. Y'all ready for this? I was told that I was ugly. I was told that I had a massive big nose. I'm just telling you. I was told that my lips were just humongous. Uh, I, I, was, I was told that I was a horrible speaker, that my diction was, I, could, I was told all these things. And so when I came, so when I got saved, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this, but I want, I want to help you. So when I got saved, all I want to do, I got to a point, I saw walking along, I just said, God, I'm just so excited. God, I just want to be involved. God, whatever you want to do with me. God, whatever. God, however you want to use me, I'm just glad to serve. And so, I, you know, I just did. And all of a sudden I heard God say something like, he wanted me to minister before people. First of all, it scared me to death. You know, I spent 
a great deal of time. I would say even a couple years talking myself out of what I knew God had put on the inside of my heart. Let me tell you why. Because, because I had believed what people had said about me. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I, I, I took the lie. Because how many know the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creation. That old stuff passed away. Everybody say passed away. So why are you dragging that into the kingdom? You're new now. Watch this. The Bible says that God gives the gifts as he will. Are y'all listening to me? Say amen. So I'm trying to help you. So God gives the gifts as he wills in the body of Christ. It's what God says, okay, I'm going to give you this. This is what God wants to do. But here's the problem why sometimes we don't discover our gift in due course. I'm going to tell you why sometimes we don't. Because we've already predetermined what we want the gifts are. We've already told God no to some things. In our minds, I'll do this, but I won't do that. I'll do this, but I won't. I certainly won't do that. How many know that when you're a true servant of God, here, watch this. When you're a true servant of God, come on, I need everybody looking up this way. When you're a true servant of God, it is all about what he wants for your life. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Are y'all hearing that? It's about what he wants. So, so he gets to determine, watch this, he gets to determine what it is he wants me to do. My attitude as a servant is, God, however you want to use me, use me. Now watch this. Be prepared for God to stretch your faith because sometimes God will call you to do things that you will feel uncomfortable about doing. Are y'all listening to me? Say amen. Oftentimes, what God will do is God will drop something in your spirit that is bigger than you. And, and watch this. And, and if, it don't, if it don't stretch your faith, you got to wonder if it's of God in the first place. Let me tell you, this was a big thing for me to stand up here and do what I'm doing today. Y'all, y'all don't even know how big it was. I used to get scared to say my name, church. If, if I was in a room and they said, everybody go around the room, say your name and where you're from. Oh, God, how do I say it? My name is Gary. My name is Gary, 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 Gary D. Bailey, Gary D. Bailey. So what am I? Okay, Gary D. Bailey, I'm from Wakefield. Wake, Wakefield, say it right. I mean, I would sit there. And y- y'all hear what I'm saying? But I told God, I said, Lord, I, I just want to be available. You follow what I'm saying? So if I'm going to be available, I can't try to tell God what I want to do. My attitude must be, God, however you want to use me, use me. So that's the first thing. So you got to break through those self-imposing limitations because you put them there. God, and by the way, if fear is the reason why you're not doing something, you know that's not of God in the first place. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but love, power, and what? A sound mind. So I know if the reason I'm not doing something, if it's just fear, you need to break through that. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Because Satan will keep fear. Will feel, fear, fear, is like a ta- fear is like a slave master. It'll beat you up and beat you down. It will never let you rise to the level of what God. How many know that when you walk with God, the sky is the limit? Come on, somebody. Say, say the sky is the limit. When you walk with God, the Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. You you don't know what God might put down on the inside of you. Here's my next point. Just try it. Try different things. 
You know what? I don't know. I don't think I, but I, let me give it a try. Let me see. I might get Hey, I, you know, can I say this? I never worked the sound ministry a day in my life to a brother, Deacon Larry. God bless his heart. He's gone now. He's gone to be with the Lord. Deacon Larry, one day they said they needed some people, some people to work the sound ministry. I ain't know nothing about no sound ministry. This was back in the early 90s, like 1994. I didn't know the first thing about no jack sound And no, I just started working the sound ministry. Before long, every week I was doing sound ministry. That I was able to relate some knowledge to my daughter, and I have a little, I have a little bit of knowledge now about sound, simply because watch this. I just said, Lord, however you want to use me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be used. Here's what I'm trying to say, church. Don't put no limit on God. Don't try to tell God what you want to do. You here's your attitude. I'm gonna get involved, I'm gonna serve, and I, try it. And if the worst thing you can do is you fail. If you fail at it, either one or two things, you weren't called to do it, it's not for you, or the gift is there, you just need to develop it. That's the worst thing. That's the worst thing that happened. So, so try different things. How many know you got nothing to lose if you're doing it in Jesus' name? You got nothing to lose. Amen. Amen. So you want to try different things, and then watch the next thing. Watch this. Make yourself available. Everybody say available. available. Make yourself available to help. As I said before, when you make yourself available to help, you're just simply saying, I'm a servant. And so a lot of times what God got to do, God will delay the revelation of your gift until you learn how to just, the, the, the attitude of being a servant. This is what God does. And so sometimes God will delay that for that purpose. So make yourself available. Just get involved. Lord, how can I ask the question, what, what do you need here? Pastor or Diva or First Lady or... Crystal, what, 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 what do y'all need? How can I help? I, I, you know, what do you need? How many know God will bless us for that? And then we got to just be patient and trust God. Now, here's what I, I firmly believe. I believe this, and I'm closing right now. I believe this. I believe with all of my heart that if you have that kind of attitude, Lord, I'm available for whatever you want to do. Use me, Lord. If you have that attitude and you get involved and you just serve and Christ is your pursuit, Guarantee you will discover your gift in due course. You discover it right. Listen, you can't go wrong just serving God in any capacity when you're serving with the right heart. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So if you don't know anything else, if you don't know nothing, I don't know my gift. Just serve with the right heart and say and make yourself available to God. And say, Lord, have your way. Didn't we sing that song this morning? How many sing that song? Have your way with me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. And then we said, Lord, have your way, right? That, how many, how many, let me see it. Let me see your hands who were here for words. How many of you say, sung that word? Let me see your hand. Let me see. I'll, let me see. Hold up. Let me take my glasses off. Now, let me see. Can you say, God, God, have my way? Could we say these things? These are like cliches we say in the body of Christ. But, you know, when we tell God to have, our, have his way, you know that's dangerous. <laughs> you know that's dangerous, right? When you ask God to have your way, get ready for some inconvenience. That's how it works. But you will be all the blessed for it. So then we just be patient. We trust God. We serve. And God to help us discover our gift. Now, Luke 16, 2 says this. To give an account of your stewardship. Jesus is going to hold us accountable for what we did with the gifts that he has given us. I believe that there are the many of us, if not all of us, it's not, we don't have just one gift. We have 
many different gifts, many different ways. But I want you to understand, God is going to hold you accountable. And here's, here's, here's what you can't say. <laughs> well, Lord, I didn't know what my gift was, so I just sit down and did nothing. <laughs> uh, I, I, my advice to you is don't try that one. That won't work. Uh, in fact, there was, a, there was a script in the Bible that talked about the, the, the food that hid his talents. Isn't that what he said? He said, Lord, I hid your talents. I didn't do anything with it because, you know, I just knew that you were a hard man. And he got judged because he sat down and did nothing. So you can't just go back and tell God, well, Lord, I didn't know what my gift was, so I didn't do anything. I'm going to tell you something right now. Just get involved. You can't go wrong for serving someplace. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You can't, but you, go, but you know you go wrong if you just sit and do nothing. And there are so many ways that we can help in the body in this church. There's so many things that we need, so many, uh, so many different uh, uh, gifts that we need in the body. We need people working in children's ministry. We need music ministry, sound ministry, uh, you know, youth ministry. We, 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 need, we need it all. So whatever, administration, whatever your gift is, we, we need it. We need everybody doing a part. That's what's going to give us uh, the kind of church that we believe in God for. So that's how you discover your fit. Get involved. Remove your self-imposed limitation. Try different things and be patient in the process. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father.